Hi, colleagues, it's John Fischetti, along with my dear friend and colleague, Scott Emick. Welcome to episode three of season two of We Will Get Through This, Transformative Leadership for Disruptive Times. And Scott and I are really pleased today to have one of the best principals in New South Wales and all of Australia on with us, Jason McGraw from Adalba Community School. And Jason has spent the last several years working really hard at re-envisioning what teaching and learning and assessment would look like and building a team that's just incredible in a beautiful part of the world. And Jason, we're so glad you're here with us today. Thank you. Hey, Jason, it is wonderful to see you. And John, it's always good to see you as well. Hope everybody is doing well. Um, Jason, you know, one of the things that uh, John and I have to kind of continually remind ourselves is that we're nine months into this COVID normal. And, you know, for, for a school principal like you, who's been living this um, for nine months, I'd love it if you could maybe give us a little bit of a sense of, of what the... Um, what the experience was like for you when you first found yourself going into this COVID normal? And in hindsight, as you look back on that, what do you wish you knew? Yeah, so it's, it's quite an interesting time coming up to Christmas to actually think about uh, the year that's come about and where we go into the next four years for us as the school plans developed. Um, and, and reflecting back, we, we, we sort of remember that urgency of, of having to create the plane as it's flying and, and finding out that maybe in a week or two's time, we might be um, doing this thing called remote learning from home um, and, and just having conversations initially with staff saying, we just need to prepare ourselves for this. If this happens, let's get some contingency plans into action. And then the, there was that moment of, of just constant um, reflecting and analysing and trying to collect our, our ideas and to respond to things as we started to implement that change. and. Um, and I guess then for us, um, having in, been in the fortunate position of actually returning back to school um, in a COVID normal sort of environment, um, it, it's sort of reflecting back on that and, and how, I guess for us, we were really fortunate. We, we did two things. We, we actually asked and collected a whole lot of information about um, how people experience that time um, and what we need for recovery. But we also said at that time, tell us about what we've learned and what, what bold proposals this might help us in, inform our future. And we're at the point of the year now where we're actually starting to action and, and go back to those proposals, even though we're back into this COVID normal world and, and really be able to start to think about, back then we said this, how are we going to action action those ideas so we don't, don't, don't lose them? Um, and, and at the same time, we're still in the recovery phase. We're still making sure that well-being is high. We're focused on every person as a person to look after them and their well-being. But we've actually got this sense of um, the opportunity to, to refresh everything and to do, do things differently uh, next year. And, and I've heard that term used in our, in, our, in our team where they're saying we get to refresh next year how we launch this part of our team or, or this initiative. So, so in some ways... There's some optimism, I think, uh, for us at this point. Jason, you've been doing this thing called principle for a while, and you're on the way in this notion of transformation, even though we don't know where there is, um, but you know you're on your way. How has this um, either disrupted or catapulted that change process? You just started to answer that, I realize, with the refresh idea, but are there specific aspects of teaching and learning you were able to jumpstart even more because all of a sudden everybody's using digital platforms instead of a few, or I'm giving you that as an example, not trying to feed you an answer. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's a tip the accelerator for us. So this is my eighth year here, and we're at a point where people felt good about the, the consistency of leadership and that they knew how, how the game was played. They felt they had space to do things. And then this thing called COVID and has really sort of taken, just provide us with unlimited opportunities to, to unshackle some of our things. So technology, for example, that was, an, that was an early one. When we came back, there was a recognition of the value of that. We'd already invested heavily in that. Staff already had their own devices. We had faculty sets of devices. We doubled that. So we went and got extra, extra technology for everybody. Um, and going forward, we've, some of the team, have, we actually had an executive meeting and we said, let's look at these reflections um, and let's look at the bold proposals. And we invited our teachers to put in videos and um, that they could, we could show about where we could go. And out of it came three, three big ideas. One was around this idea of blended learning. Um, but not necessarily blended online learning, but the, the notion of self-paced learning. We had plenty of examples, um, both in our primary and our secondary, where they, where people recognised the value where students could know what was going to happen for the day or the week ahead, and we had that self-paced learning approach. Um, so we've, we've started um, uh, both a reading reading club and we've also got a um, an online learning, professional learning team looking at blended learning. And next year we'll be we'll be launching some blended learning optional classes. So within a, within a key learning area, you can choose to to be part of a, a blended learning approach, which will focus in on um, the idea of self-paced learning essentially. So can use technology or may not, but how do we have synchronous and asynchronous learning for our kids? Opportunities for our kids to 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 do their own learning because the kids told us as well. They said that when I knew the learning, when I could understand it. I love the opportunity to, to, to be able to complete the work without interruption. Um, and when I didn't understand it, I needed my teacher. And so that's a real driver for us. But the teacher's role is to teach at the point of need. And when, the, when, you, when there isn't a need, it's the learner to have opportunity to take responsibility for the learning. So that's really um, taken us forward. We've also um, launched a, a, a multi-grid timetable in our stage six um, year 11 and 12, our last two years of high school, we'll be doing um, extended periods. Um, and what it's done is it's, it's actually unlocked a whole lot of things. So not only are we going to have a different learning and pedagogy in, in for those kids, but it's actually changed our, our playground because they'll have different breaks. So we'll have different use of the playground. Um, our wellbeing program is being refreshed because of this change in the timetable. So something that was started off, um, you know, point A is now allowing us to make changes you know, in three or four different areas, which, and there is this sense of refresh that's, that, that's coming out of it. And, and from the school plan, our third big idea is around this idea of flourish and that we want to scaffold when we need it. So let unlock talent first and then scaffold as, as lightly as we need to and then get rid of that scaffold so the kids own the learning and the teachers are teaching at the point of need. So these are really exciting ideas and the, the staff have embraced it. Um, and it's just a sense of, what can we do um, as opposed to, you know, what, so it's, a, it's a bit unpredictable, but we're, but there is a sense of what else can we do to, to make, you know, refresh this teaching and learning in, in, our, in our work. Scott, before you ask the next question, but sorry, I was just going to clarify for the listeners that Jason has a K-12 school, and I missed that in our intro, just to give people the sense of he's doing this with a whole learning community and across all the stages of learning, which is pretty fantastic. Also a bigger challenge in that regard. Mm. Certainly. And Jason, the 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 
the proposals that that have come out of your process are remarkable, and it's clear that they're gaining traction and making a difference. I was particularly struck by the process, though. I mean, your notion of you know having the teachers dream the big ideas and then come and pitch the ideas with videos. What a, what a smart idea! And um, so you're creating a culture there where the teachers feel empowered to to express their ideas and. And it sounds like you're funding those ideas, you're implementing those ideas. What's that, what has that done for, for your community? Yeah, as I said, I've been here eight years and I think generally people would say that we've got a yes culture anyway, and that if you've got an idea, I even tell staff how they can get the money from me, that they've got to have a bit of a bit of a proposal and what's their, what's their big idea? What, what does it look like in its ideal? And, and then what stages can we do to implement to, to head towards that ideal? Um, so we've already had a yes culture, but this year we've changed to a bold culture. We've said, what are the bold proposals? This is a one-off opportunity for us to use this pandemic as, a, as an opportunity to do things very differently. Nice. Uh, so let's, let's, let's look at that. And, and I guess like, like all great leadership, it was good luck that we asked that question. When we did, as we returned, picking up people's ideas, we, we got ideas from staff and uh, students and community. We actually... Um, collected our, our thinking and sent our newsletter off to the National uh, Museum of Australia, which um, has, is running a, a Facebook project, Social History, on uh, called Bridging the Distance, where they're actually trying to record uh, you know, our experiences. So we, we brought our family into it um, and, our, and our students reflected on it as well. Uh, and then we provided this opportunity for staff to, you know, to offer these bold proposals. So we, we weren't interested in just a little proposal, but it had to be a big idea. Mm. Um, and people had to embrace it because we did come back at a point where people were vulnerable and um, and they, they they weren't going to take a silly idea. They they really needed an idea that they mm -hmm. felt they could they could believe in. Um, and and that belief is now giving us a, a you know, as I said, creating optimism for the future. Jason, a lot of our listeners will be earlier in their careers than you. You're you're cooking with gas in the heart and prime of what you're doing. If you were a newer principal or a deputy in a school. And there were just one or two things as people were thinking about the implications of COVID as a, as a chance to like blow change into reality uh, or to continue following COVID as they're back to school at some point. Where do you start? Because you're, you're on your journey, but when you were starting, it was different. So how do you start to do all the things you're doing with or without COVID in the room? Yeah, I think the, the thing that I would always say is it, you've got to listen to those around you and harness those ideas. So the job is to, to harness the great ideas that are around and then to, but to provide a vehicle for them, for people to put forward those ideas. So um, for us, the change was in, instead of just the executive reflecting on the information we collected from staff, we actually said to staff, well, now that you've been using technology so well, you can put the video to us and, and we will make sure that we were privileged and make sure that the, the executive listened to those videos. And one of those videos I'll actually share um, first day back to remind people because it's of a classroom teacher, an amazing classroom teacher, who tells the story of how she's come back. Um, she's putting online 20 minutes of video about the week ahead. She's putting up all the materials for the kids and the kids have a choice. They can complete those materials before they even step into the class and she's pushing those top kids to on practice questions and extension or the kids can come to class and they can engage with that material in class and be supported by that teacher. 
Um, and so those that video is to me it just shows you what what the team's thinking and the opportunities. And my job is just to open up ideas. My job's not to think about think up all great ideas. It's just to say yes to, to the ones that come through my desk that are that are great. It's fantastic, Jason. I, I think that your culture, your empowering culture, is um, what a lot of teachers would love to work under. Um, so. In terms of that, I'm sure some of the things that you put forward and some of the proposals and some of these initiatives, maybe from the outside, um, I could see some of, some of the some of our listeners saying, "Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that in my environment. I can't do that in this culture. This is a very it's a very top down culture." What do you see your role as in terms of in terms of creating that? How do, how do you create a safe zone for those teachers to do these things, keeping them in some ways? Um, you know, protected. Yeah. So as a proud English and history teacher, when I started my teaching career, I always looked at the kids I was teaching and I'd say, what would I say to those kids? So if a kid came to me and said, I've got an issue, I can see the solution, what should I do? I, of course, would say, give voice to that. You need, you need to give voice. It's up to the other people to listen. If they don't listen, that's, that's their problem. Um, and, of course, that's the same I would say to any of my staff that, you have to give voice. You have to do what you think is ethically right and with integrity. And obviously, you have to realise that, you know, it's, it's up to someone else to make a decision whether they go with it or not. Mm -hmm. um, but your job is simply to give voice to a, a problem identified. Identify the problem and suggest some solutions. And if you put it in, in that way, which, which leader wouldn't want to hear a problem identified and coming with a solution to take it forward? Um, for me, that's, that's what I want to see when people knock on my door. How have you been able, Jason, to keep your own mojo during this time? Because you've got a great family and everybody's gone through this in different ways. You're a leader by example, but you also have to be fresh every day and promote mm -hmm. that it's going to be okay. How, how have you gotten through this? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of been two, two, two ways. One is actually following the, um, the staff through the process. So um, when we were doing remote learning, for example, um, from home, my job was to ring the bell at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon. So I'd always send out an email to the staff and to send that bell saying that the week's over, thank you for your, your efforts. Um, and you know, now it's time to, to unwind and to feel that we've got to switch off. And so and in, and then so working with the staff that way, but also then connecting with my colleagues to make sure that we were supporting each other. Um, it's amazing just having a conversation with a colleague that it, it can, can just keep you motivated. Um, sharing the problems, um, we were very good at using the technology to make as a, as a principal network to make sure that we were um, sharing solutions for the same problems. Because one of the things we found was as things change, they change for everybody. And even if you didn't have, take, just sharing a number of solutions gave you this, a sense of, of belief that you had some 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 solutions. And then when you feel like you are responding like everyone else, you can then um, you know you can then take the time for yourself. And again, like I said, as a as, as, a, as a teacher, I have to model for my kids. And as a principal, I have to model for my staff, in fact, for my whole community. And if I don't look after myself, um, I, I'm not modeling what, what I want for everyone else. So we have a, a um, one of my legacies is um, that I share with the staff every year. I have five, but one of them is around um, the thing that Michael Carr Gregg shares about 30 eggs and how do you divide those 30 eggs around yourself, your work, and your family. And he says that teachers often try to divide it 10, 10, 10. And, and he says, no, you need 
half of them need to be for yourself. Because if you're looking after yourself, you can look after your family, you can do your work. And so you have to live that advice. You can't just tell other people to do it. And and, and that's really what it comes down to. Jason, this has been really helpful. Um, I think our listeners are going to take a lot away from this. Um, one of the things that John and I like to do when we when we sign off on these podcasts is we frequently will ask our listeners to, to take on a task or to think about something, reflect on something. You've given them a lot to consider. Um, I, I want to ask you from your perspective, what do you think our listeners, you know, whether they're in North America or Europe or Africa, or we have listeners who coming all over the world who are in very different situations right now. Um, what would you recommend as a good first step to creating this, this bold culture that you've talked about? So as you come back to school, and you know, and I'm, I'm really sympathetic to my colleagues around the world who are still in remote learning, as you come back to school, just see the task is twofold. It's recovery, supporting people to come back and to, to get back to that COVID normal world, but then be a season ahead and think about how, what, how can I capture the opportunities, a few ideas that I can then, in a few months' time, I can come and say, look, remember we talked about this? How about we give it a go? Terrific. Jason, it's a pleasure as always to be with you. We learned so much even in those that short conversation about the passion you bring, the intelligence, but down the on-the-ground way in which you make this happen. But what Jason didn't also share is he's about ready to complete his PhD on these topics and more. And uh, soon, early in 2021, you'll be able to do McGraw 21 and see an amazing thesis out there that has shared visions for what schools might look like in the future. So we'll tip that for down the road because it's coming soon to a library near you. <laughs> Jason, it's been great to be with you. And Scott, thanks for your leadership in your school and our faculty and our university and all you do with your family to help get through this. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Yep. We'll see you next time. And Jason, thanks for coming on. To our listeners out there, we hope you're staying safe and well, and we'll look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.